Over the past week, we have been witness to an amazing display of worldwide solidarity against police brutality and anti-black racism. It would be remiss for us not to acknowledge the tragic murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDade, and countless others which have sparked these protests. We at Insomniac acknowledge the place that film holds in reinforcing white supremacist structures, and we also acknowledge that we must always be mindful of this when creating and sharing content to our audience. The history of film is one of dangerous caricatures and racist propaganda. I mean, shit, the birth of a nation is taught in film schools across our country and not because of the racist stuff in it. Green Book just won Best Picture mostly because of the racist stuff in it. The history of film curation has largely supported a narrative that art made by white artists and about the experiences of white people is the art most worthy of celebration, of Oscar awards, of being studied in film schools, of being selected for the friggin' Criterion Collection or whatever. Insomniac Film Festival was founded as a way to subvert the popular idea of what makes a quote-unquote good movie. Our goal has been to focus largely on DIY, low-budget films made by young people. We operate on a punk ethos that challenges dominant aesthetics and narratives, and we recognize that our punk ways are worth absolutely nothing if they're not intersectional. If the voices of BIPOC artists are absent from the films we curate, then how much are we really challenging the history, the aesthetics, the dominant narratives of film? It has been heartening to see education on topics of what it means to be an ally to black folks and how to identify and dismantle systemic racism being passed around our social media circles over the last few weeks, but it's important to remember that each of us curates our personal feed to reflect the content we want to see. Social media has been a great tool to promote activism, but we can sometimes remain ignorant to those who don't understand these issues in the same way as our peers. Yes, we will continue to echo the messages fighting back against anti-black racism, because we wholeheartedly support them, but we also will continue to work to grow our community and our reach so that more people can hear these messages. The main principle we live behind at Insomniac is that we love to see people experimenting in their work. We want people to try and to fail and to challenge conventions and to break down walls. And we recognize that as curators, we need to continue breaking down those walls for ourselves. When we watch movies, we must continue to be critical of who is making the work that we're watching and for what intent. Who is the work confronting? Who is benefiting from it? Does it exist to make us feel comfortable about our own proximity to racism, or does it challenge our beliefs and our habits and force us to look inward? This trying and failing and trying again is a philosophy that should exist outside of art and into our collective fight against white supremacy. We must constantly challenge conventions, institutions, our own unconscious biases. We've seen that this can yield great results in filmmaking. I mean, check out, you know, The Watermelon Woman or El Mariachi or She's Gotta Have It or so on and so forth. These are films that embraced a DIY anti-establishmentarian aesthetic to brilliant effect. If you only understand the world through film, like we obviously don't, then take what you see right there in those inspiring flicks and now extend it into everything all the time. Confronting our individual relationships to white supremacy is difficult and humbling and should be an ongoing process for the rest of our lives. Insomniac and the Insomniac team are committed to allowing that process to be an ongoing part of our lives and of the life of this group.
Okay, I was gonna sing, but now I'm getting a uh, stage fright. Don't be and nervous. I'm you said I'm you practice. I'm forgetting how the song goes. I don't know if sub sing. I don't have I heard you sing before. And all my life, I wait for someone like you. Ooh. And I thank <laughs> God that you came to me. I forgot the rest of the mm. words. It was something finally like found that. you. Is it? <laughs> Yeah. It's that something like I pray to God that yeah, That's... that I found finally found you. That song makes every scene beautiful. I do love in that moment that while like uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character is like this, Aubrey Plaza's character is like so like intense i don't know anyways mm. i guess i'm just jumping into things <laughs> <laughs> um adam is not here as you can tell by my singing so uh, would anyone like to introduce the podcast and what it is who we are uh yeah this is is it whack a podcast where we talk about movies and debate their whackness oh my gosh what is the <laughs> whackness level guys what does that even mean <laughs> It's really up to interpretation. It could be about filmmaking, content, theme, performances. Or if you're Seb, it's literally like you... Wait, can you guys hear Hannah? No. <gasps> I don't know what you did to your headset. We can't hear you. Can you... What about now? No? No. no. <laughs> it's okay. Adam, please cut this out. Um, now? No. Nope. No. <laughs> Literally, God yes. helps me. There. there really? Go. Yeah. Okay. Okay, all good. Sick. Uh, my name is Seb. Uh, do my other co-hosts want to introduce themselves? Yeah, I'm Funke. Howdy. I'm Hannah. Um, hi. Hmm. <laughs> I was and trying to think of like a... a cooler greeting than howdy, and then I gave up. You can't. Yeah. Uh, it's impossible. impossible. Um, and today we have a special guest. Uh, uh, I'm Amin. Uh, I'm the guest. Yes! He's from Edmonton, Alberta. Or Calgary. Calgary? Yeah, Calgary. Did you ever live in Edmonton? Uh, nope. Okay, wow. <laughs> but those are both in Alberta, yes? Alberta, it's all the same. <laughs> uh, that's great, I'm a good host. <laughs> Uh, do you want to tell us about the movie you brought in? Yeah, so I picked Ingrid Goes West. Um, well, we wanted to do it, you guys wanted to do a movie about the internet. And the first one that obviously pops in your mind is The Social Network mm. or something bigger like that. But um, I think the way that Ingrid Goes West deals with social media is something I haven't really seen. I mean, I haven't watched too much of like, I know Black Mirror does stuff with it, but I haven't really seen much of it. But I think this movie really deals with like how a person with mental illness and how that can be incredibly toxic, how social media can be incredibly toxic for those people or mm. for most people in general. And I think I picked this because also it's kind of, it's really funny. Like I just, I love the characters and every character kind of has depth to it. So mm -hmm. it's slow. It surprised me. It was a movie that definitely surprised me when I first watched it. I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I actually, I was between this and the bling ring for my choice and I really wanted to do this um seb wasn't like super behind it 
Where are you? Outing me. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I am now that Amin is doing it. No, but he... <laughs> but I I completely agree with, like, everything you've said, because it, it, I think it's a really great, like, representation of, like, some kind of aspect of the internet. The reason I didn't pick it was because quarantine, I was like, I couldn't watch movies with, like, attractive men in it. For mm-hmm. that That's... <laughs> This is really tough. revealing. I just was like, it's anyways. Not, not <laughs> Only movies with ugly guys in it. Yeah, I just, I just knew that. I like. I find I have crushes on the, some of the actors, and I was like, I can't. The quarantine blues a few weeks ago. I couldn't deal with it. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this movie was about like a serial killer. I really did not know. Well, it's not too far off, but I I didn't no it had anything to do with social media i just saw the poster and i had never saw any promotion or anything i think it was on maybe netflix for a while and i just never clicked on it but this was a really good watch like thank you for bringing this in i was like dang this is i watched it earlier today and i was like oh my gosh like it's doing a lot of funny stuff with i feel like we'll talk about this later but like the la lifestyle and social media in like 2017 and i feel like have you guys seen you the show yeah with yeah, like I feel like the second season of that show tries to do what this movie does pretty well. Um, and just like talking about like, I guess, social media and fakeness and what is real and like how people use it and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting um, in what you said about like how it handles social media. And like, I feel like it's glor- social media is glorified so much. But like you can see with this movie that like horrible people succeed on that all the time. <laughs> and it's really toxic. And, like, boring uh, people. Yes! <laughs> I feel like in order to be really, success- really successful online, you have to be so boring. But, mm, except calculated. Not Funke, who is Twitter viral. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> um, I, I think we've already sort of uh, said this, but just in case, um, we are in the midst, or I guess this is the final episode of a series called IsItWack.net. Where wow. we're looking at movies that are about the internet and trying to take lessons on how to live an online life. I think this is a great final film. And Adam always mentions the fact that we're recording this remotely because it's a pandemic. Yeah. So I guess I'll mention that. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, still I started a pandemic. mentioning that at first, being like, oh, in like. This will be over in a few weeks, and then anyone listening to the episodes in like a couple months are gonna be like, "Why does it sound so weird?" I said, su- I, I suggested like a series that would have taken a while over time, and people were like, "Well, we don't want quarantine to stop in the middle of it." I'm like, it would have been fine. Sorry, it would have been. Well, we could do that next. I don't want to like start any like drama, but this. Series, I think this is one of my favorites. I really like the movies we picked for this one. And they all have, like, something different to say about the internet and, I guess, social media and online connections with people. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Amin, when did you first see this film? Um, I think I watched it uh, 2017, so a few years ago. And then I started watching Parks and Rec, which is, like, also has Aubrey Plaza in it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like followed because I thought she was I think she's like great in this movie. I think she's perfectly mm-hmm. cast. Whereas like if you look at like some of her other castings, like in what's that 
bad grandpa or dirty grandpa or something like that. Oh, I love. There was the grandma. the Robert De Niro movie. <laughs> <laughs> she's like in that, and then she's in. Uh, she was in another comedy, to-do like kind of like. Sorry, Mike and Dave. The To Do List. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I haven't. I don't know about the two. I think it was Mike and Dave. Um, I think with Anna Kendrick as well. But I, yeah. I think like in those ones, she's a little miscast. But I think she's perfect for this. Um, for mm-hmm. the, in this movie, yeah. um, she plays like that. I don't know. She's so good in so many scenes. Like just the way like her eyes work. Like the way she's. Mm-hmm. You can just see the obsession in her eyes. So I, I think I think she's good in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a little bit of a departure from her usual thing, which like in Parks and Rec and and those movies is kind of like this detached irony. But in this movie, she's like incredibly like. She's still being kind of insincere because she's always lying, but there's still like this vulnerability that you don't see in most of her. Movies. Yeah, I I was yeah. gonna say like I think this is a standout performance for her because I do think like she adds a level of like humanity and depth to the character who like obviously is like incredibly flawed, but like you still feel for her. I relate to her so much, um, and I think she does a really great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I used to be an Aubrey Plaza stan back in the day. So, like, <laughs> this is one of the hits that I just never saw. And I this is this is good. I was like, yep. Did you unstand? I didn't yeah, understand. when was back in the day? Um, Back in the day was Parks and Rec time. Like, right. Parks and Rec to-do list. I was like, oh, she's a great actor. She's pretty funny. I just never saw this one. Um, And then I guess she, she wasn't in anything that I was really interested in after... 2017 2018 um and i just stopped watching her stuff but she's great she's great um i really like the start of the movie where she she's like she's trying to comment on this girl's post and she says damn girl that looks yummy as fuck like what's your email address (laughs) like i know people who've gotten this as a dm like it's so fucking it was amazing it was really good. Um, I I feel like I'm struggling. I'm trying to be Adam and trying to like add structure and stuff, but stop me if I'm moving us too fast. But does anyone want to give me a song to do a summary corner? And I feel validated in my summary corners because last week I was not there and the summary corner lasted the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's also because we let the guests do a summary corner, and they didn't, like, they weren't, they didn't know the, you know. It was a different format. No, I'm not knocking I liked it. it. I think, it, I it think a, you're knocking it. Was a good it. Episode. I think, I think it worked for that movie as well. I think I'm, I like I've to work through knocking. the whole thing. I'm not knocking. All right, I'll do the song. <laughs> I'm going to need you guys to join in. Okay. Oh, harmonize. Submarine corner. Ding. That was beautiful, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Amit. <laughs> um, okay, away, very Seth. quickly. Ingrid Thorburn is a woman struggling with mental illness. When we meet her, she's been stalking uh, a woman and uh, assaults her at her own wedding. Uh, the woman's wedding, and Ingrid uh, goes through a stint at a mental institution, and when she's released, um, she immediately starts stalking another woman named Taylor, um, and she even moves to Los Angeles with the goal of becoming Taylor's best friend, and through manipulation creepy. and lying... What? I said creepy. 
Yeah, it is creepy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, through manipulation and lying, she becomes Taylor's best friend. Um, but she is also competing for Taylor's attention with uh, Taylor's uh, fiancé, husband, Ezra, and I think maybe husband. Husband. Um, yeah, and maybe. Taylor's brother, Nikki. Uh, and she's also manipulating her neighbor, Dan Pinto, who is in love with her. Legendary. Um, into helping who her. Who I am in love things. with. I love, oh man. This whole <laughs> yeah, movie is just, this movie is Dan Pinto for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he makes this movie. Yeah, he really is like the standout character in this From movie. the beginning, from the second you meet this guy, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what, the car is like, oh, that's a Batmobile funny. But then his whole thing is that he likes Batman. Like, <laughs> that's him. Even on the date later on, he's just like, yeah, so so Harley Quinn, like, at the, at the Joker. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, I love that. I think so also, good. like, if any other, like, character, or, like, I feel like if someone else had played him, I would have liked the character, but I wouldn't have necessarily been, like, vow- like shipping them on a romantic level. Mm-hmm. But he is just so charming that I was like, even though this is, doesn't make sense as a romance, because... Yeah. <laughs> she's manipulating you i just i don't know that's uh o'shea jackson jr ice cube yeah. jr yes yeah. i was like is this ice cube not nah, ice cube <laughs> this guy's young he looks amazing like he looks a lot like him. he's so good in this <laughs> yeah i can we talk about their relationship can we because yeah. i i don't know i didn't like how the i guess the scene when she takes the truck and bores it and like misses out on the Catwoman script reading, like I was like, how could you be so inconsiderate? I ca- I just couldn't comprehend it. Like I felt sick to my stomach in a way that like I don't know. Movies don't make me feel that. Like when you see like mm-hmm. a text message you don't want to see or something, it, it was like that feeling. I'm like, look at your phone. Like you <laughs> sent so many messages. The last one was like, I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> like I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. And, but she just threw it all away for the clout. Damn. She abandoned yep. him in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> and he's so forgiving. Like he just yeah, keeps like coming back. <laughs> he's, so, he's such a like funny character. But I, I think like how that... he gets. No, go Sorry. ahead. I, I like how he gets upset like when Nikki betrays them and that he was like gonna go to Six Flags with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that they were gonna go to Six, six Flags together. <laughs> He's like, Nikki's not like that. <laughs> you knew him for one night, dude. But I, I think there's something uh, with, like, why does he let Ingrid do that? I think there's kind of this thing about social media and uh, human relationships in the movie where it's, like, Ingrid is, like, people know that something's off with Ingrid, but they choose to ignore it because it's so great to have all this attention and all this, like, uh, love heaped on you. I think Taylor, like, definitely, like, detects that something's oh. off. But, like, Ingrid validates so many things about these characters who are all insecure in some way that they're willing to look the other way, which I think a lot of social media people have to do when they know their followers are, are weird or unhealthily obsessed. It's like, that's part of your income and, like, part of your I, whole identity. I've never, I never really kind of read Ingrid as a character that way. Because I always thought that, like, but it's really interesting. Like, I thought Dan Pinto's reasoning was, like, when he talks about being an orphan and, like, I feel like he just, like, he seems kind of like a lonely and lost person. Like, the fact that he has 
is an adult man with like this kind of dedication to Batman because <laughs> Batman stands for like like he resonates with him in such an intense way that I I kind of assumed that like even though Ingrid's really shitty to him she's like a person who's there and I don't know maybe yeah yeah no I I think my example is more with the uh more LA kind of characters but I think you're right with Dan it's it's more that he's lonely yeah Mm -hmm. I there's so much of this movie that is like incredibly creepy but it doesn't frame itself that way and I feel like it could so easily be like if the soundtrack was slightly different or it was it was it had some horror ambience or something it could be a scary scary movie but like it's played so funny and it's played like oh this is going on but if you actually look at what Ingrid is doing so much of the time it's nuts like it is actually like what is going on leave yeah, like, run away from her like the kidnapping like they kidnap someone <laughs> and they but with a paintball gun, which you find out later. But um, <laughs> like that scene, like it could be horrifying, but it's not. Like it's it's played for laughs. And even like he's like uh, Dan Pinto. Like, another Dan Pinto great moment would be <laughs> when he's like Tupac said there'd be days like this. <laughs> also, could I just say like I just kind of hit me because when you when they go through his car and they find a gun, you're like that seems really weird for Dan Pinto. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that it's a paintball gun just adds to this level of this like. <laughs> What a nerd! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to go into this all the way, but I think Amon could back me up a little bit on this. Yeah, this movie makes me think of Vancouver. I saw it like right after I got home from Vancouver, and um, I think LA and Vancouver are like similar. Um, I went to film school in Vancouver with Amon. Yeah. Um, for any listeners, um. But, like, I met a lot of people who behaved like the characters in this movie. Um, and our film school, I think, was full of Dan Pinto's. And I hope you can back me up on that. I met I think, so I many think, people who are like this. I think I have a little Dan Pinto in me, too. I think, <laughs> I think we're all a little... Uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot of Dan Pinto's there. Um, which, uh, yeah. And there was a lot of Ingrid's, too, honestly. <laughs> That's scary. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, Seb, no. you have a little bit of Dan Pinto in you. Oh, absolutely. When she apologizes and he's like, okay, but I get to pick the restaurant. I was like, that's like me and Seb every time we have a fight and I let him pick a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I, I think the characters, at least to me, maybe it's just me, but I felt like all of them reminded me of people I knew in a way that I don't usually feel for movies. Like, they mm. really, really felt like real people. I felt with yeah. Taylor, oh my god, it's yeah, terrifying definitely. how god. many girls I know that I saw in Taylor. Ugh. Dude, the scene where Taylor's like, let's let's take a picture for the first time with Ingrid. <laughs> uh, and, like, the, the car guy's like, alright, we'll take one photo. And she's like, uh, actually move your bag a little to the side. And you kind of, like, see her talking in that, like, influencer language where it's like, I don't really care about this moment. I care about capturing this moment and sharing it to everyone else. Yeah. Um, and, like, you see that even when, like, she, like, basically forces this guy to get on the ground. I'm... And it's, it was it was funny, but also, like, ugh. So passive-aggressive. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she's pretty shady character. Even 
Ingrid is whack, but like I don't think Taylor fully knows that yet. And the way Taylor's treating Ingrid for most of it, I didn't think was nice yeah. either. Um, and I feel like the, like the, the movie like does such a good job at like really making you feel with like empathize with Ingrid and like not like Taylor. Like Taylor somehow comes out the villain in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my for me, maybe I'm too much of an Ingrid that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting how shit starts off with her like crashing a wedding and like pepper spraying someone, and then we're <laughs> cheering for her for the rest of the movie. Like yeah. we're we're on her side. I think that, I don't know. I that's what I really liked was that opening where it's like she just goes straight up and she just pepper sprays this, and it just, <laughs> yeah. it's such a great introduction to that character. Like it's it's so good. Yeah, the movie then, starts off like bang, like whoa. Yeah, what the hell. I think Ingrid and Taylor and a lot of the characters are stuck in kind of their own cycles. Like Ingrid do- does this and we'll probably do it again yeah. at the end. And yeah. Taylor um, seems like she cycles through best friends uh, oh, yeah. in that way too. Mm-hmm. You see her with the model character. Well, it's like, I don't even think it's about like cycling through best friends. I think it's like she, you can like she, social climbing in this way where it's like, I've met so many girls who like, if they thought I was, like, cool enough, would treat me like they were, like, my best friend for, like, like, I don't know how many girls I'm going to parties with who are, like, oh, my God, we're, like, best friends. And that's, like, but you were just saying that to, like, anyone. I feel like Taylor's, like, that kind of person. I'm not shading Mm -hmm. anyone, by the way. (laughs) But if the shoe fits. (laughs) But I just mean it's, like, I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. People, like, yeah, I don't know. I, nah. But, like, I think the movie captures so well how those people talk, too. Like, you're my favorite person in the world. And like, yeah. No, oh, exactly. my gosh. That, that scene with um, Ingrid and Ezra, the husband, where they're talking yeah, and he's drinking wow. by the pool. Like, that was really good. Like, he, they verbalize something that, like, annoys me to my core when people are like, oh, this is the best. Like, this is the best. Like, everything's the best. It's like, then what is actually the best? Like, what <laughs> what do you care about? Like, what do you actually care about? Yeah. Um, yeah, that guy was actually in Black Mirror, too. You were talking about it, Amon, earlier, but I think he was in one of those episodes. Wyatt Russell? Is that his name? That yeah, he's Kurt Russell's son. Russell's what? Son. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks a lot like him, too. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> oh he's also, gosh. like... I, very handsome man. Uh huh. Wow, they got some sons in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My grandma said that too, actually. That's so funny. In that exact same way. She said lots of ethos. <laughs> Hannah, can you name the handsome man? Oh, it, well, it's Dan Pinto and and Wyatt Russell. I just like. And it happened, my, I watched the movie and my mom sat down with me and, like, he, Dan Pinto, like, I just, like, has, like, one of those, you know, when, like, you, like, I don't know, he just, like, smiles and you're, like, melts a little inside and he just, like, has that something. I, I don't know. And then I just have always found Wyatt Russell very attractive. And also I'm in quarantine and so I'm a little, like, boy crazy. Let's not, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are our thoughts on um, Billy Magnuson? Yeah, I was wondering if he was on the list. Oh, oh, the the, the brother. brother? Oh, he's so mm. scary. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like he embodies annoying brother, and I've seen him play annoying brother 
in multiple things. I think in yeah, Maniac. He, yeah. Oh, really? Like uh, with Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. Uh, I swear he is an annoying brother in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's something about this guy, that actor uh, made me so mad. <laughs> so upset. Like the when he's talking to Ingrid in the room, he's like, sit down. Like, yeah. then he did, like, stands yeah, up. I was like, really jeez, scary. bro. Yeah. What the hell? And like, he just starts dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know from the minute like you see him, like you're like, This guy's trouble and it's almost like I don't know any specific people in my life that he's like completely reminding me of. But like it's almost like there's this familiar familiarity, like I, he comes mm-hmm. in and I'm like, Oh, I know who you are. Like I know yes. that you're yeah. and yeah, he makes me so stressed. I hate like I've seen this movie three times and every time he shows up I'm like, Go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you guys say that he's like a similar type of crazy like Ingrid like but on like a different level like maybe he's just a more like it's more a more competent yeah, yeah. but he he's definitely not like a, he's definitely a sociopath of some kind like, yeah I, think he's just I don't not to diagnose though. anyone but <laughs> I think he's just a tool like I don't think he's yeah. like Ingrid like he doesn't even seem like he's social climbing he's just one of those guys that floats through life that's like oh okay you want to do this yeah, he doesn't give a fuck in the worst ways possible. Like, this guy just came back from Paris and he's starting shit with his, like, family. Like, uh, when he's talking to the everyone and he calls Ezra's art bad, basically. Yeah. He's like, well, maybe you wouldn't be saying all that if your art was in that gallery. I mean, it is like, bad. Why hey, <laughs> I, will, I would buy one of those. I, let's talk but about he, it. But the... <laughs> He didn't squad even paint goals. it. He just drew the words. <laughs> Fridays would be like squad goals. But I think that's I think art. That uh, scene is like an interesting thing with that character because I think, at least in the movie's view, he is right in that scene. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, he's very smart. He just has no morals or whatever. And he kind of plays this dumb guy, but then he's like really smart at like blackmailing people. He's completely unstressed when he's kidnapped immediately figures out who did it and is able to like fight his way out like he's he's scary because he like really knows what he's doing in order to maintain this like lifestyle that he has yeah Yeah, i think that was one of my gripes with the movie i think like all the characters had depth except uh i think his name was nikki the brother yeah Mm -hmm. i think like he could they could i felt like he was just like a bit of a character for me just in like in how intense and mean he was yeah, just, and then, like, each character kind of had a level of depth. Like, they all had their darkness. But I think that there was always, like, a human element, which I didn't really see in in him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I could also see, like, his character being, the way Reddit was just, like, so privileged, so, like, never had to deal with anything that, like, yeah. your conscience is gone. Like, you don't even have one. Like, you don't give a shit. Like, you're just living a hedonistic lifestyle. And you don't care who falls in your path, which like then I understand like why he doesn't have any more depth. But that would have been nice, too, especially yeah. because like I, don't, I feel like you don't need an antagonist that is shitting on people that hard, especially if you know like what Ingrid is, has been doing. Yeah. Like you don't really need a big antagonist because like these people could just slowly find out what she's been doing, like how she's been manipulating people and lying. Like that could be its own, I guess, conclusion. So. That could have been another path that would have been more satisfying, possibly. Yeah. I think he's, like, he's an interesting character, though, to me, because it's, like, even though I hate him and he scares me, 
he also is like someone like you get why like people are also trying to impress him and like want him to like them because he's like one of those people that like and now he's reminding me of specific people the more I think about <laughs> it but one of those people where it's like he he sucks but like I bet that if he likes you like you feel like so special and like so great <laughs> yeah. and like I don't know I, I think he's an interesting character. I get what you guys are saying, but I, I kind of really like the heightened states of, like, the last, like, half hour or however long of the movie. I th- I think it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm slightly pro-Nikki because I think, Funke, as you're saying, those kind of conditions could produce a person like that. And I have met people who are, aren't to that level, but, like, remind me of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, I think there's one moment at the end where it's not quite humanized and maybe it's just more manipulation, but how scared he is of Ingrid when she shows up at the Halloween party at the end, I thought was really interesting. Maybe yeah. he's just playing the victim, but now he's like scared. Like, oh, she left me for dead in the desert or whatever. Yeah. Maybe she's going to like uh, do something crazy again. Because mm-hmm. he realizes like he's like fucking around and like blackmailing Ingrid, but like for him he's just like oh it's all like fun and games like whatever and then ingrid is like presents these like real like life and death stakes to him like it's almost like probably the first time in that character's life he's ever like had to be like think about the consequences of anything yeah um that's so true that's that's really true actually and also like if we're thinking about like types of internet personalities he's like such like a troll like yeah yeah a lot of Paul energy from that guy, Paul? Jake Logan. Yeah. Oh, right. Energy oh. from that. <laughs> just chaotic, just pure chaos. Um, That's a good comparison. I was like, you... "Who's Paul?" I'm sorry. I just, it's okay. I said their last name. Um, uh, I felt it was kind of weird. I don't know if you guys felt this, but when Ingrid hits him with a pipe after the like failed hostage situation, I thought he was gonna die. Um, and I thought it would like uh, conclude in a different way, but I, I was ki- I kind of felt weird about them taking the path where he was alive and just like told everyone everything. Anyways, I was like, oh, this is kind of going down a different route. Um, and then you see uh, Ingrid again, but like less fake at that time when she's like leaving all those phone calls. Um, geez, yeah, it was so weird to like go back to that Ingrid we saw at the start after mm-hmm. like rooting for her so hard like i feel like that was one of the moments where i was like oh yeah like what you're doing is very twisted (laughs) i forgot about that because there were even more fucked up people around you at the time um but also like yes what she's done there is really twisted but like i just feel so bad for her and i think it's it's like something about the character again like resonating with me um or like the these like parts of me that I hate and these moments I've had where I'm like uh, you but or you just like she's doing all the like I feel like her reactions are extreme versions of like how like you feel when you are have like anxiety about your social media existence or like even like your relationships when they are built on these kind of like superficial grounds um and I feel like it also things like completely backfiring on Ingrid after she leaves Nikki for dead is also like shows like it's not like this woman is like some 
kind of scheming criminal mastermind. She's not like the talented Mr. Ripley or whatever, which great movie, recommend it. Um, she's uh, like, she's a mess and she doesn't know what she's doing. And she's just having these like, all her actions are based on like first impulses. And like, I don't know, I think it's really interesting. Has anyone seen uh, The King of Comedy? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's been on my list forever, but I oh, yeah, haven't gotten around to it. Someone just recommended it to me, and I watched it recently, and I thought about it a lot. And I don't want to talk about it too much while we're talking about this movie, but um, I thought it was an interesting comparison because that one's about a struggling comedian who um, he's trying really hard to make it big. But oh, he you mean The Joker? Has... Um, people said that it was a big oh, I've seen the Joker. the Joker which I also avoided but um, <laughs> uh, he also has some sort of mental illness and he's obsessed with uh, fame and all these things and in that movie maybe it's because it's closer to what I want to do I really felt for him where even though he was being scary and violent I was like I understand that, that drive and how like the culture creates a person like that um, and I felt that to a certain degree in this movie, but I think my small beef with it is I still felt a little bit of distance with Ingrid where we're still kind of looking at her more than we are her at times. I think that's because you literally don't have never owned a smartphone. Like, you, how can you even talk about relating to the culture of this movie set? Like, you freaking moron. Sorry. Oh but you God. literally... The phone wars. This is what they come for. The he literally... One doesn't have a phone right now, and up until... <laughs> then had the same slide phone that you've had the entire time I've known you. So of course you don't understand what it's like to literally spend hours lying in bed, scrolling through Instagram, feeling like the entire world is like hanging out without you and like spiraling into this. some like, maybe I'm revealing too much about myself right now, but like I've- No, you're being real. I'm, yeah, like honestly, unfiltered, whatever. <laughs> um, No, but like, I- Ingrid is almost like how I a reflection of how I think I'm being when I feel those ways obviously not acting like crazy like her but you know some I don't know I think I I I want this character to succeed even when she's doing horrible things but and don't listen to Seb why do you want her to succeed because I just because I relate to her. I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. it's not, obviously she's like a bad person or whatever, but I come out of the movie hating Taylor and all those people way more. And, because I've never been one of those people. Maybe that's yeah. it. But like, Taylor reminds me of like every girl that scares me. Like that whole culture. I don't know. Ingrid, Ingrid's like real. She's like crazy, but she's like down to earth. I don't know. But this is my theory, and I think this is what the movie is, is that everyone thinks they're Ingrid to a different Taylor. But even those Taylors think they're Ingrid to a, an even larger Taylor. Yes, like that scene in the kitchen where uh, Taylor's talking to the yes. really like famous, uh, I don't know, what does she do? An influencer. She's, she's a, a model. model. A and model. she's also, um, what? Mantis. Mantis, yeah, and the Guardians, Guardians of the Guardians. Oh, yeah. She's Quebecois. Canadian. I salute it. <laughs> I salute it. If you didn't see it, <laughs> sorry, listeners at home. Uh, yeah, that's, oh my gosh, that scene I think definitely plays into what you're saying, Seb, about like 
how she had this whole secret. She only told uh, Ingrid, but then just blurts it all out to this person who's like more famous than her. And is trying, like you can see her trying to social climb in that conversation. And then the conversation like deadens when Ingrid walks into the room and they're just like, oh, like, please leave. <laughs> and she and doesn't like, pick up on that. That girl doesn't even register Ingrid. It's she. I think she does a really good job, even though she like doesn't have a huge role she does a very good job at like like you can just tell like ingrid's not even on that girl's radar she's like some other girl um yeah anyways it's in the looks like oh sorry go ahead uh there's also the scene where ingrid and uh taylor are talking near the end like that five minute conversation they have and she's like uh you were just like me at one point so they they, there is that theme going on about that these two are like uh, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's really nice. Almost like Ingrid is all of us if we didn't have, like, if we were missing the part of our brain that goes, hey, wait a minute. Don't do that. Mm. Or, like, what are you doing? What is, what, I don't remember Freud stuff. <laughs> is it the ego? E- super ego? Yeah. Ed, ego, super ego. But, like, really, she just, be, like, acts on every kind of impulse and like but i i just i feel like it's almost like if you didn't have something kind of regulating your emotions like we are all hashtag i am ingrid duh oh my god why am i not realizing these themes i'm like acting like these are realizations i'm having when that's literally what the movie's saying jeez if i gave you a great uh therapist question earlier it was like why are you reading for ingrid (laughs) i know (laughs) No, but I, I just wanted to know why. Because, like, I can see, I see Ingrid, like, I see, of course, like, I see some of myself. I feel like everyone on social media could see some of themselves in Ingrid. But I do also, like, I don't know. I feel like I've stopped caring to that degree about what other people think. And I feel like that, like, seeing that ideology reminds me a lot of me, like, or like just getting onto Instagram when I was like, oh my gosh, like people have a hundred followers on here. It's it's just me and I follow like my family. <laughs> like, like that is so scary. But I don't know. It was it was weird to see Ingrid's journey and throughout all of this whole movie when you're like, what the fuck? What is she doing? And then someone's like, oh yeah, you have like thousands of followers. Like she kept like gaining clout through doing these nuts things. And like I'm like, how are people following her? But then I realized they're only seeing like this post on her Instagram. They don't know who this person is at all. Um, and then at the end with the with the suicide video, I don't know how much I liked that 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 ending. I don't know. It didn't really make sense to me. Like, how could a oh. suicide video go viral like that? Like, why were people relating to that? Because but. I th- I think all those people who aspire to be the Taylors in the world, but really are the Ingrids. Like, I think the idea is supposed to be, like, you see that and you're, like, yeah, that's, like, again, like, obviously it's, like, hyperbole. Like, it's mm-hmm. an exaggerated version of that. But, like, I feel like all the type of people that follow these, like, bland Instagrammers probably, like, actually really relate to, like, everything Ingrid's showing about herself in, like, mm-hmm. that moment. I Seb and I have had debates about the ending. I think the ending is perfect. Um, I think it like, you know, and maybe I have like, I kind of like dark taste and like dark humor and whatever, but I, I just think it like, 
I think it like perfectly. I don't know. Ugh, someone else say something before I. I was just. I was. I watch a lot of horror movies, and to me, that ending is like a horror movie ending. Mm-hmm. Like that's like. It opens up the world, but it also is this horrific thing that you know that she's just going to keep repeating this cycle over and over and over and that there's no getting out for her. Because we've seen from the beginning, like, it just kind of, like, harkens back to the beginning where she's on Instagram again, then she goes and pepper sprays the girl, and then, mm. again, at the end, we see her on her phone again. Like, it's it's that cycle, and I think that's horrific. Like, it's, it's scary. Yeah. Do you want to remind the listeners of the ending? Or if they haven't uh, yeah. Seen- yeah, so the ending is um, uh, Ingrid takes a bunch of pills. She's really upset about Taylor and everyone kind of like shunning her. Um, and she makes an Instagram live video. And I, even that suicide, I think, is um, an interesting because it's, it's, it's kind of played for laughs at points where it's like the song that she's listening to and then the way she's like, um, I don't know, and then like the way her apartment looks too. But anyways, I'm getting off track. But um Ingrid, so Ingrid takes a bunch of pills and she wakes up in the hospital and uh, Dan Pinto reveals to her that uh, her Instagram live video uh, kind of created this hashtag called I am Ingrid and she has thousands of followers now and that movie kind of ends with her just looking at all those followers and all these people like commenting that I am Ingrid, I am Ingrid, I am Ingrid. So it kind of goes to the idea that like Ingrid's kind of trapped in this but now she's kind of become a tailor, has she? Yeah. <laughs> right? The most right. dangerous tailor of all. Yeah. <laughs> or the Ingrid is that we're all Ingrid guys. <laughs> Maybe the idea is like, like the first, like when the one time Ingrid is actually honest about who she is, like people respond to that and like. I don't know, maybe that's, like, too much of, like, an optimistic, like, reading of it. But I feel like not, like, I I feel like it's actually dark. Like, the idea that, like, you know, she somehow this is, like, her, like, I don't, fuck, my brain's not working at full capacity right now. No problem. problem. Adam, can I say something? Yeah. Or are you, are you midpoint? No, I don't know where I am. Seb, why do you hate this ending? (laughs) Um, I don't like, I think, the way the final few seconds is kind of played. Uh, that's the way I felt when I first saw it, and I think still this time, where it, it feels like almost like a joke or like a gotcha ending, where it's like, um, you know, you're kind of invested in this character and you want her to get better and whatever, and then it's like, oh, here we go again. And I know, like, that happens where people cycle, Happy and I don't day. think it's, like, unrealistic, I don't know. And I also, but I was going to say that I think there is some realism. I feel like I've seen it where every once in a while there's like some influencer and it's like, my whole life is fake and this is all like, you know, manufactured. I'm actually really depressed or whatever. And everyone like really responds to that and goes, wow, we really need to talk about how social media is like artificial and everything. And then we just go back to it and it's like, everything's the same. And then that happens again. Have you guys heard of Caroline Calloway? Yes, sadly. <laughs> so she's this. She was like this, like influencer girl from New York, who's like the quintessential like flower crowns and like blah blah blah. But she had these like really like long, kind of like romantically written captions, and they got her popular. And then she got a book deal or whatever. And then it turned out that 
all of those captions were written by her best friend, who was really kind of like her Ingrid. She was like this girl. No, seriously, this girl wrote an article for, I think, The Cut about having been the ghostwriter of Caroline Calloway during all of this. And like how there really was a bit of like a single white female thing going on with the two of them, it felt like. Um, And anyways, Caroline Calloway now, like since being exposed like she is she kind of is does this like weird meta like thing like her instagram she just posts every article about her and about how she's scamming everybody (laughs) and she hosted all these like events where you would learn how to make flower crowns and shit with her and people paid so much money and they were like completely fraught like scammy or whatever and but she like like she tries she tried to start beef with Roxanne Gay on Twitter because she was like, I bet Roxanne Gay would hate me. But people were yeah. like, She's being ironic. I don't know. She's always trying to stay relevant with some dumb shit. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> she wore a corona shirt to Bergheim, which is this crazy Berlin club that's impossible to get into, like during the pandemic. I don't know. Anyways, shaking my head. Go Google Maybe her. Maybe she can start beef with our podcast now that she's here. Let's go. <laughs> no, she's that's got, free clout. She's too famous. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, but like this does feel like again, a, like a real story. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have gonna... talked about. Oh, sorry, Anna. Yeah, I was gonna Seb, would you have preferred a more like a, a of a catharsis? Ingrid at the end uh not necessarily I'm not saying it it would have to be a happy ending or whatever I guess it's more of like a beef with the filmmaking where I and again I kind of feel this throughout there's a little bit of like it's not quite pointing and laughing at Ingrid but it's still there's a distance where it's like we're watching her instead of being fully in her head sometimes sometimes I totally feel it I feel her anxiety and everything but there's still something that makes me a little uncomfortable of like someone with this extreme mental illness in these situations that are often played for laughs and feel sometimes a bit larger than life, like the right. kidnapping. Okay. Um, but I still like like the movie overall. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that's, I... That's my beef. I hear that. I think I would have preferred it if it was more either worse for Ingrid or better for Ingrid. Cause like, I don't like this situation. I, I, I don't like that. She got rewarded for doing everything she did. Like that sits, that literally makes me feel, ugh. I'm but like, that's, but I feel like that's such an honest ending again. It's like exaggerated, but like, yeah. that's exactly how that shit that's works. works. And the <laughs> idea that a girl who has spent the entire movie like looking for validation through social media like it doesn't break out of that cycle like yeah i'm not i who has broken out of that cycle maybe <laughs> funky apparently but we can't all be that lucky <laughs> sorry now i'm just roasting you i apologize it's okay no i hear what you're saying no it is i guess it just my frustration should be directed more at social media in general than <laughs> The and ending Hannah. of this movie. And Hannah. <laughs> yeah, the villain of this movie is society. It's, you know. Wow. It it is. Speaking of someone who talks like that, we haven't really talked about Ezra. Uh, Amen, you have anything to say about Ezra? Uh, yeah, I... I, uh... At first, you don't like Ezra. I mean, I mean, you don't... It's not he's don't like him. I think he's... He's a little, like, 
pretentious when it comes to like his art and you kind of see that but i think there's but that like again like with every character in this movie i or mostly every character in this movie i think that there there's a level of depth when he's by the pool and he's a little upset and he's like talking about taylor and how mm. and i um how everything has to be the best so he does have his moments so i think i think there is um again like i think that he's uh he's a good character and he's a good like um part of this film like i think it works a lot better because of him i don't know i don't know what i'm saying mm. but yeah no i, I definitely i love those early scenes where ingrid first meets them um and especially the moment when taylor stops him from drinking yeah and then he like bitterly pours himself yeah that's such a subtle moment but like yeah that's it's good it comes back later um i like when you kind of see you're talking about um, and you're talking about her eyes aubrey plaza like and you see that obsession i think when she like here's taylor needs to move somewhere and like like is putting together the puzzle pieces in her mind like oh i I saw a truck recently like i could get that truck oh my gosh and like she's trying to like do everything for these people just to get like into their good books Uh, that was like oh that was like kind of uncomfortable because i'm like ingrid don't do this like why are you signing up for this you don't you don't even know if you can get the truck why are you saying yes like just for that instant gratification of them being like oh my god i love you um and it was so much of that like just for someone else's validation and it was like a, a bad cycle, as he said before. Hmm. Yeah. I think there's an interesting social media thing in this, where in this, this movie, is, this, is completely, <laughs> this is completely, it's completely off topic. But there's a, I remember one time I read this thing. I think it was on Cracked, which is where I used to read everything. Yeah. Um, it was. <laughs> but it was an article that was like uh, I was talking about advertising and they said that advertising sells you the fear of not having the product it doesn't mm-hmm. sell you the product it sells you a scary situation where you don't have it Bold. and I feel like social media is like that the was same. real as shit bro <laughs> <laughs> It's real. probably from like some oh. actual book that they were quoting on crack. I thought that Funky I... <laughs> said that was real shit, bro. <laughs> I said that. that no, was... but like that was real shit. Like that. Oh. <laughs> With no comment. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> this is why we have to spell things out, guys. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I feel like uh, social media does the same thing, and Taylor's whole lifestyle is based around selling her lifestyle and uh not just look at me and how great i am look like feel bad for not being me and not being included and also i feel like 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 let me sell to you the fact the the law protect like the lie that this is my lifestyle since she like (laughs) doesn't read any of the books she says she reads and like doesn't like you know could you imagine reading a whole book that someone recommended to you (laughs) and they never read it I, I, I couldn't imagine, like, what Ingrid was feeling there when, when uh, she found that out. Also, being so, so mad that you had to read. <laughs> the scene where she uses the Joan Didion book that she bought because Taylor quoted Joan Didion as toilet paper. Even though I love Joan Didion's writing, I was like, that is so funny. Because I feel like what she's, like, the quintessential author of, like, I'm a girl in L.A. <laughs> And yeah, that was so funny to me. I'm a girl in LA. Yeah. That was good. Okay, um, last last observation that is unconnected to anything. Did 
Did you guys see that at uh, Taylor and Ezra's house, their windows are shaped like a phone window? No. Oh, I didn't see that. And they get kind of like stuck in those frames, like oh, in really? a few shots. I'm going to go like, back and look at that. Oh, phone, what's gonna a phone make me window? Like it's like rectangular and uh, has like kind of big black borders. Oh. Not their actual house, but the one next to the, the one that turns oh. to buy. Mm. This is Whoa. like the tr- fe- bleh, the faces in the trees in Midsommar. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are there faces in the trees in Midsommar? Yeah, yes. Oh, there are. Spoilers. Um, and I... she only pronounces it like that. Wait, Don't what? Don't get her to stop. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I always say Midsommar. Because that's how it's spelled. What do you mean? I'm not going to call it Midsummer. How American. God. I call it Midsummer. Okay. Sad, but you're not alone. Um, and did you see I, Midsummer? I, yeah, I watched it. Um, it's probably not a movie I'm going to watch again, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not going to watch it again? What? Yeah, same. It was such a fun time. <laughs> I've literally, I re- even though I love the movie, I've told everybody who's asked me about it not to see it. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, I rewatched it the other day and I was like, because I really like Ari Aster's stuff. I was like, do I like this one more than Hereditary? Because I only saw Midsommar once. Um, but no, I think I like Hereditary more. I think Hereditary does more with like a smaller budget too. Uh, and I really like that stuff. I like Midsommar better. I know that mm. this is not irrelevant. I'm not going to, we're not going down this <laughs> argument. Path. Yeah, we could talk about it another time. I mean, also, I respect your opinion, and I mm-hmm. respect my opinion. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, I one more thing that stood out to me in my notes uh, about Ingrid is kind of like she's like a super fan, and I guess everyone who follows people would want to be doing what they're doing, but it was weird to see Ingrid do literally everything that she saw her her influencer doing like yeah it's like you're doing the hair, hair places the book the resorts like you're doing everything um i was just like what do you do once like what is her end game i still didn't quite understand like what was what did she want i don't think she knew either because uh, that's true because when nikki asked her that i was like yeah what does ingrid want because i don't really there isn't some evil plan or anything she thinks this is fine i think she she even says, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. When she is, she is doing stuff wrong. Um, I just feel like, what is her motivation? Like, what? I, again, I think that this is a character that follows all her impulses, like, emotionally. Mm. And so it's, like, the idea that, like, it's perfect. She's got a backpack full of cash, and you can just, oh, throw things down. Like, what? Yeah. Like you don't have to really think about the consequences to those actions. And, like, I think that like ingrid doesn't know what she wants out of this she doesn't know what she's gonna do when she runs out of the money she i mean she didn't really know anything and then she just decided to go to la like she's also she kind of reminds me of like you said something at super fans and like like something like she's kind of like the human embodiment of like that culture of like fans online who are like I love this thing so much that I'm going to, like, literally send death threats to this other thing over it. Yes. Like, yes. I've literally, like, it's, yeah. It It's so weird to see this kind of story told 
because like I I feel like you see more tales about the influencer side of things and like less about like the person who's like oh my gosh like I'm so happy to see this post notifications on like yeah. first two seconds comment like first um, yeah her life is it's also like she doesn't seem to really have like any identity like it mm-hmm. like when she's by herself she's either doing stuff that Taylor would have done or she's just sitting there like on her phone drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like you never get this idea of like what is she t- what does Ingrid like to do? You know, like there's never like she just likes Taylor or like whatever her next obsession is. So it's yeah, pretty crazy that way. Yeah, but I think that's like that's the thing of the super fan. Like it's like perfectly yeah. healthy to like Star Wars or follow people on Instagram. But if it's like everything you do is you only buy Star Wars products for yeah. like everything in your house. Or whatever. Or your or Batman. Or Batman stuff. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's like, another wait. thing reason why they switch each other. What is their entire identities are around a thing like some other thing? They don't. Yeah. Just another point on Dan Pinto. I think it's really funny that his, like, it's all mostly just Batman Forever stuff. Like, it's not like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all the Joel Schumacher. <laughs> also, the moment when they're like, you know like hooking up and he's like tell me gotham needs me <laughs> yes yes oh my gosh he Call is so, me Bruce. He's so he, <laughs> such such a good character such a good performance yeah so, Hi. He, he has some bangers of lines like remember when he's like yeah i'm a writer like i'm writing you know batman <laughs> like i'm writing an unofficial spec <laughs> script right now i know like, but also that That's is like real. everybody in LA is like, oh, I'm working on like something like everybody's doing something in the industry yeah. when they're like, no one's doing anything <laughs> like I, I yeah. would definitely read his Batman spec script. I would. Oh, yeah. yeah I would love to crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I love when when he says, I thought you were Catwoman, but it turns out you're just two faced. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's such a good line. <laughs> they they must have had so much fun writing that character. Yeah. It's very good. And so much fun, like, pl- like performing. Like, oh my god, what a weird character. Imagine his agent being like, we have quite the role for you. Ice Cube son, we got a role for you. Uh, well, Dan well, re- likes Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me, um, I didn't personally hear this, but Adam and I were talking about this movie one time and adam said he was listening to an interview with ice cube and ice cube was talking about this movie and he's like yeah my son plays this guy who's like so weird he's just like the weirdest <laughs> guy he was like seemed like disturbed by this movie that's so funny <laughs> which i think is funny because i thought uh O'Shea jackson jr was really good and straight out of compton i was like oh yeah. i'm interested to see what he does but then after i saw this i was like this guy is amazing yeah. I'm yeah. going to follow yeah. whatever he does now. He's really charismatic. I... Huh? Yeah. So charismatic. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's why, like, like such a big crush. My mom has a big crush. Like, <laughs> I want him. I want to see him in, like, a freaking rom-com. Like, I want him to, I like. I want him. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like you were going to end there. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Let's, I mean, whatever. Like, I don't know. I just, it's, yeah, whatever. It's okay. It's a safe space. Like, no, it's not. This is going on the internet. Oh, true. <laughs> no one tells but, super fans. I, I feel like every character in this movie has their own Batman. 
like yeah. uh, Taylor is yep. Ingrid's. Ezra wants to be like this like really talented artist that he's not. Um, Nikki might be the only one who's not doing that, but that's because he's completely fine to have an he, empty life. He is his own Batman. No ambition. Yeah, he's his own Batman. He seems like what he he seems like he might be a little overprotective of Taylor, or not overprotective, but like he kind of like just wants. Because he has a problem with Ingrid and he has a problem with Ezra, who are both two people who are very close to Taylor. Right. So he almost seems like he has like a a relation, a really weird relationship with her where he just wants her attention all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But also it's point. like Ingrid and Ezra, it's almost like those are the two characters around there that are like so insecure in themselves that they've completely let Taylor shape their lives. Like it's obviously not as like said as much with Ezra, but like, you know he she made him quit his job to become an artist he's not a good artist he knows he's not a good artist and i'm sure all the things he wears like he doesn't necessarily like want to wear like you know taylor curated that whole house that their wedding that you see a clip of that was her and like i think it's interesting because ingrid kind of tries to do that to dan pindo but it (laughs) immediately doesn't work and changes his hat but like i think that like with Nikki, it's like he knows they don't belong. They're trying to belong in Taylor's world. They're trying to, like, live up to this. And, like, he's one of those people that, like, was born feeling like he belonged. And so he's, like, he can smell their weakness and their insecurity. Yeah. I think that the smell their weakness is so true. Like, he definitely moves like a predator. Like, I'm going to walk in here and this is my my scene now. Watch out, Ingrid. It's, it's quite scary. Like, he's, like... I feel like everyone in this movie like is suffering from like imposter syndrome except him like he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he has to prove anything to anybody I but mean, he's like he, the worst person in the movie yeah yes. but it's like he's not even well dressed like they're all like trying to look cool <laughs> he and, like, needs to buy clothes give him a break wearing that stoner sweater thing and he's just like looks like a <laughs> frat boy like uh, he's not and then that doesn't matter because he's one of those people that gets by on having this like like he's I don't know he's such a Patrick Bateman like except not because mm. it, it's different I don't know, whatever so I have a cat asleep in my lap he's purring into <laughs> my audio asleep on my desk oh, my cat tried to fall asleep on my keyboard and I was like not right now this is not that is some you have any cats on you uh my cat is uh somewhere I don't know <laughs> he's around oh you do have a cat yeah I have a kitten <laughs> yeah he's like six months What's his uh, name? Nero. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a little cat. He's wow. Tiny. Yeah. And you're telling us we can't see it. I don't know where he is. He like <laughs> likes to hide places and not come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, what did we learn from this movie? What I feel like there's a lot of good lessons we could take from this about social media and the internet, and how to use those during quarantine. <laughs> What do you guys think? Amen? Um, I'll, I'll just give like a little personal note, I guess. Like I actually got rid of my Instagram uh, when this, Let's go. all this COVID-19 stuff happened. Uh, I deleted Facebook. I got rid of Instagram. I just kept Twitter um, because I knew that I would be on it all day and that like it would definitely affect my mental health during all this. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I learned from this movie, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I learned like, like there's the idea of like, uh, like 
I guess the lesson would be like if Ingrid tried to find herself rather than trying to find herself through other people mm-hmm. that there I think that's where her like goal should be and I think that the way she goes about it is kind of highlighting the fact that we're always searching for like other people to make us happy or emulating a lifestyle to make us happy and not really finding ourselves yeah yeah definitely yeah that is definitely it like i feel like the fakeness is so much of this movie like especially with the whole la crowd um and if ingrid just didn't care about that and cared about what she was doing i think things would be a lot better (laughs) and that's the lesson like honestly like we should all remember like everybody's faking it like nothing is how it looks online you know that Mm. like and i've and i honestly like good for you for deleting your instagram i wanted to many times over the pandemic and i'm just like it's literally i want people to be able to get a hold of me but oh my god it's i've had i've had like days where i'm like what am i doing with my life let me scroll on instagram oh look people yeah i hate that app bro like i just instagram that that's the one app that i'm like or not the one app but like the main app that i'm just like oh god i can't take it here i never not... feel good on it no never there's not a moment out there where i'm like yay like, <laughs> I, don't like I don't even check facebook twitter i only follow like you guys like i literally don't follow anyone <laughs> yeah it's just instagram i'm like everyone i know is on here and like i don't need to i yeah i don't know yes i feel like uh, what this movie made me think about is like um, that idea of like selling the fear of not being you and stuff and to keep that in mind when you're seeing other people's stuff but also like sometimes when I put a picture up like the worst part of me goes oh everyone's gonna see that I was out and some yeah. people are gonna know that they weren't there and That's- I'm not like thinking of anyone specific but like I just want people to think like oh wow Seb is cool and is out doing stuff that's and like that's just so weird post on instagram it's literally pics or it didn't happen yeah i hate it i yeah i think that's why i transitioned more to twitter because it's like words and i like words more and everyone's a loser which is nice yeah, but you guys yes. are smart and clever on in, on twitter and my twitter's so stupid that's not true i get 12 oh, likes max that's more than me i have notifications on for you, Seb, after you said, uh, <laughs> after you said I didn't see your tweet, and I was like, "You, it's good work out there." Thank it's you. Fantastic. You're the only one who thinks so. That's not true. I There's like twelve of tweet. us. There are dozens of us. <laughs> it's really good. Dozens of us. I mean, uh, how's your Twitter doing? Um, I don't really have that many. I feel followers like you don't tweet that much. No, do I don't tweet that much. I just kind of like keep up with certain people or like. Honestly, I get a lot of my news from Twitter. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of one of the reasons. Just like somehow that I remain connected so I'm not completely isolated here. And I think Twitter is like a good one. It doesn't... Like it can be negative, but it's not... Uh, it doesn't have the part where like if you're not posting anything, you feel like shit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I haven't posted a picture on Instagram in like months and i feel like oh people think i'm a loser that i'm not doing anything you know mm-hmm. whereas like twitter it's like oh i can just follow i can just have some fun instagram is just like 
I don't know. And most of the people on Instagram, I know I have so many people that I don't really talk to anymore. So I don't, I don't like it that way either. I think True. it's, it's funny like that you say that. Cause it's like, I definitely feel the same way where it's like, Oh man, I haven't put a picture up in a long time, yeah. but I never think, Oh, that person hasn't put up a picture in exactly. a long time. They are a loser. Yeah. I never yeah. think about it. I just yeah. want to say as someone who posts like, not like some I like, you know, consistently, I think that, oh my God, I'm such a loser. I'm posting on Instagram and everyone thinks I have no life because I'm posting on Instagram. And I think people that post once in a blue moon are cool because it's like, wow, they're busy doing things. They only post on Instagram when they really want to. So looks like we're all a bunch of chums. Chumps? Whatever. I was was talking to my friend who she's, she popped the hell off on Instagram. Shout out her. But she was talking to me or like, she was, Oh, ran no. To me. Funky. no we will never oh, know the end of the out. story oh, well everyone back? will be able to hear don't leave me on the recording am funky, i back can you hear us yes i can hear you can you hear me no oh sad. i'm gonna leave and rejoin oh you're back okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's great on the actual episodes because on the episodes it's just funky talking and then all of us going no when you guys were like oh no hannah sounds like a robot in past episodes and in yeah. the episode sound i sound normal, normal. <laughs> am i back can, can you guys you hear me yep. you're back sorry about that perfect oh sorry i was saying shout out to my friend who uses instagram and she popped off she's like big influencer um but she was talking to me she was ranting about like how the instagram algorithm is different than twitter and it rewards you for posting frequently like you get more views and stuff like people it like shuts you out if you don't post like once a week or stuff mm-hmm. and i was like that is so toxic like that is like the most toxic thing i've ever heard in my life like that scares me now that like if i finally care because i i feel like i don't post that frequently on instagram like i i don't know but when when i'm sitting there like oh i don't want to make a post for a while then i'm like oh are my friends not even going to see this like is instagram like shutting this down right. i don't know it are you being so, suppressed? Yes, for from my own <laughs> friends who've chosen to follow me. What is that? What like that makes no sense to me. I don't know. Yeah, that app. Weird. One day it will burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we do we want to give our numbers? Oh, yeah. whack? I feel like we discussed every performance. We don't want to go down Whack Actor Avenue. No, we went into the character because a lot of it was characters and, and yeah. the actors yeah. as well. And there wasn't really any Whack actors in there, was there? No, I wish there was more to Palm Clementia's character, but I don't. That's Who not is her that? fault. The model. Uh, ah, yeah, yes. I don't I think, think that's the performance at all. Uh, but I also think it's like, like she's like the actual she's above cool, cool girl that Taylor worships, and it's like. Right. Like, she I think doesn't it, need to say that much. It makes sense that like we don't get to see her like more human ness because she's just cool. Um Yeah, that makes sense. It's like a thematic thing. Yeah, I think. <laughs> numbers. Numbers. Uh, numbers, numbers. Who wants to go first? I'm still generating mine. I might go I might go three. Yeah. That seems high, but also maybe not. I think it's a three. Why three? Um I think it's walking a tricky line with the mental illness stuff, and I think for the most part it succeeds. 
but then sometimes to me it uh it's kind of unbalanced in mm-hmm. uh that portrayal and maybe a not not dehumanizing but just a bit like uh i don't know it feels like a parody um yeah. but then it's not super whack in that i think a lot of it is like really good uh and feels super realistic uh mm-hmm. and i don't think goes super crazy with the style or anything either you know it's a yeah. nice looking movie it's well put together and stuff yeah i think i think i'm gonna echo the three like it is definitely middle grounds i think it could have been more whack if you you got more inside of uh ingrid's mind and they they played uh, around with that a bit more um because you mentioned a bit earlier, I think, Seb, that you, you, there's like a sort of distance between you, the viewer, and Ingrid. Even though you're falling around for the whole thing, like, it still was like more watching her than like feeling what she was feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, the whole thing that Ingrid does, like, multiple times, the fact that th- this is like a trend that she's doing is so whack to me. Um, and it really, I think it did make me think about social media a lot. Like, after I watched that, I was just like, huh huh just scratching my head like huh i'm using these apps still <laughs> and these and this is what's going on like behind the scenes of these we're profiles. in the cycle we are in the cycle it's the twilight zone or something wake up where are you going hannah you um like my cat meowed until i let him out of the room and then i let him out and then he was scratching at the door until i let him back in he does this every episode it's like he knows when we're going to record and decides that's when he wants to pay me attention um yeah i mean i give it a two and a half Hmm. what is your problem uh sorry um i i get what you're saying i don't think that the mental illness stuff is handled in like a way that is like i don't know like I don't think it's like in like I don't think it's like too bad. Like I don't actually think it's like problematic. Although I understand like the idea of it being played for laughs, but I guess as like someone who's like suffered with like mental health stuff, whatever, I, unfiltered, um, I feel like I kind of like that. It, I don't know. I kind of I. It's like because it's not like ooh like it's not like when we watch Good Burger and it's like haha they're in this mental asylum crazy people whatever it was like almost felt like like it was like a joke but it was like funny because it's true in a weird way maybe it doesn't make sense i don't know i think that the whacker elements of the film like really are are strengths of the film and i think they elevate it so i i think it's like a two and a half it's kind of whack but I I don't know. I'm not like that shocked by it or or like what about it? I don't know. So yeah, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so just re- refresh me on the wacko <laughs> wackness meter. Oh, yeah, we could <laughs> the wacko meter. It's a very yeah. complex piece of equipment, but basically okay. you we input our numbers from uh one to five. Five being the wackiest. Okay. Uh, one being the least wack, and then we on average. You average it out and measure it against the other films. Um, yeah, but the, what wackness actually is is very up to you. Okay, um, mm-hmm. so is wackness yeah. a good thing? <laughs> it, it, it could can be. be. It can be. <laughs> yeah. Also, keep in mind we're the only people authorized to use that equipment of the wackometer, <laughs> so 
Also, keep in mind that our ranking has, like, some of the, what people would consider crazy movies, like, at the very bottom. Like, it literally, <laughs> the whack meter itself is whack. It's, like, broken, but in a good way. <laughs> okay, so if, if whackness, so whackness is, could be good, but it can also yes. be bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not like, is this movie bad? It's like, is this movie whack? <laughs> I don't know. Right. They okay. say a broken wackometer is always right. We should be better yeah. at, at explaining the central premise of our own. If podcast, the wackometer but... was in order, it'd be out of order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I'll just I'll go with I gotta I gotta go with a three. Um, mm. Yeah, three. Um, I think I don't know. I really enjoy this movie. I mean, I do think that there's some flaws in it, but. Um, this is the third time I've watched it, and each time I kind of get something new out of it, and I kind of like the lesson that this movie gives, even though it is like kind of dark and. But, yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be a fun rewatch, definitely. Like <laughs> I, I really, I really liked watching this movie. Thanks again for bringing it in. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Um. Yeah. Does anyone want to do the numbers? Do we even know how Nara does it? Oh, no. Well, in a calculator, but you guys all gave three, and I gave 2.5, so it's... Wouldn't okay, it be... wait. Do the music. Oh. I... So wait, what number just came out of the machine? I... Oh, I didn't do the calculator. In my brain, I'm pretty sure it's two Wait, no, but out of the machine, not in your brain. Okay, the machine says <laughs> that <laughs> it thinks it's 2.75, but there are brackets with a question mark in the middle, so it's a tentative <laughs> 2.75. Can you um, pass me that paper? I'm going to read it as well. Okay. Oh. oh, here you go. Oh, awesome. Oh, my okay, gosh. and Hannah are in the same room. <laughs> also remember yeah. this is a podcast so no one can see our funny gag that we just did <laughs> oh we okay we gotta make this a video podcast soon no we're way. doing a lot of visual gags here um uh, so wait we don't really we should be giving out the whack belt right now but i, I we didn't plan any of this yeah. in terms of i think nara has all the scores somewhere yeah. We can do a next episode at the start of the... Yeah, yeah I didn't even Zero's realize that we were one. doing that, so... <laughs> yeah, we really went through a whole series. This podcast sucks. Sorry, wow. what? I'm sorry, I was just kidding. I'm sorry, I'm not here. I'm just oh, kidding. everywhere. Do Trust no one, not even your own castmates. Speaking of our sucky podcast, does anyone have any shoutouts who listened? No. I have one I... from Adam. Yes. Uh, Adam listened. <laughs> Adam will listen to this one. He'll be the first to listen. <laughs> I have to find I have it. one while you're getting that one. Um, my friend Malia saw my art for the You Got Mail and said, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's and not I was necessarily like, a person who listened. <laughs> I, I No, but then I'm like, listen to the podcast. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, you guys made points. So... <laughs> Nice. Okay, no. Adam sent an image um, from Letterboxd user Ultimate Codex, who said... That is epic. Found... That's a hacker. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a hacker. 
I found your podcast through this review. Now I've binged all of it and can't wait for more. Oh. That's a freaking stranger. And I think it actually was the hacker's review. Oh my gosh. So Ultimate Codex, if you're listening, thank you so much. Confession, that's friend. just my grandma who feels bad for us. <laughs> Tell Banksy and Anonymous. Oh my god. Anonymous is back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep telling my parents things that Anonymous tweeted and they're like, okay, go away. <laughs> <laughs> He's really excitedly going. Anonymous is back. They're here! We don't care, Hannah. Um, so we usually end each episode with the how the movie ends. So do we... So... Um, do you want to go viral real quick? Yes. yes. <laughs> all right. Maybe go let's pretend. all, let's all like Amin's tweets. At the same time. I am yes. angry. Oh, That's how tweeted. it ends. What? You haven't tweeted Ever? anything? I mean, I retweet a lot of stuff, but have you tweeted any tweets? Uh, not in a while. Do one right now. Yeah, live okay. tweet this Please. moment. Should I t- uh, tweet? I am Ingrid. <laughs> hashtag I am Ingrid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hashtag I am. Can I can I say your your Twitter on air? Yeah, yeah. We can we can bleep it if you want. Uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, oh, Hannah are Funke. We all, oh, we're okay. Oh, well, you guys can probably just type in Amen because I follow him. Well, also, and... if you retweet it, I'll see it in my timeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you retweet it, notifs on, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited for this to go viral <laughs> now. I don't know what... Amen, did you tweet it yet? I did. Okay, do we do our listeners actually have to listen while we wait? Yes. In real time. Okay. I think this could be edited. But Adam never edits anything out. Oh, it has <laughs> two retweets already. Where? Where? No, it has one and I'm pretty sure do. <laughs> it says two. Hashtag I oh. am Ingrid. Okay, I retweeted it. Everyone's I gonna be like, well, it's four. We we it's at three. It's at 50. What are you guys looking at? Mine is I'm looking at a three. It's going up so fast that we can't I'm at three, yeah. Let's ask the influencer here. Okay, I'll take a freaking screenshot. Okay. So should we go? Um. To the pog. Stop recording? Wait, should we say, uh, thank you for listening. Follow us at Insomniac Fest on Instagram and Twitter. Or delete your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, delete your Instagram. Delete and your Twitter. Instagram. Block us. <laughs> follow us first. And then block us. <laughs> you don't need us. We're just gonna bring toxic. Like you're just gonna want to be us because our. We lives don't want to be your so tailor. Sick. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. can we Anyways. stop recording? Yes. <laughs> yes. Bye, Thank you for listening. Bye. Later. <laughs>